Just the one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay, for our sermon, we'll be hearing from our pastor, Mr. Steve Andrews, and his uh, message is entitled, Christ, Our Passover is Sacrificed for Us. It's not unusual on Thursday night to see the parking lot have cars in it. People coming with band instruments and different things uh, coming to this building. So if you're a real observant neighbor on this Thursday night, what you're going to see is people walking into this building with little, little pans. And they're, they're going to say, hmm, I wonder what they're doing over there tonight. Well, we're going to explain that because it's extremely important that we come and we be here, especially if you have been baptized and you have received God's Holy Spirit. Because Christ says, this is your life. And this is what you're supposed to do. I want to, first of all, though, review a little bit about that first Passover. That first Passover in Exodus, the 12th chapter, and I'll get my books open here so I'm a little bit more organized than I seem to be right now. And this is instruction from God. My Bible has this instruction in red. And the first verse says that the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be to you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak you to all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take of them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And, uh, and if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the souls of every man according to his eating shall make uh, your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out of the sheep or out of the goats. And you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat of the flesh of that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, its head, its legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. That which remains until in the morning you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And, this, and, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses 
where you are. And when I see the blood, I shall pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And so we see it in the first Passover that was instituted by God way back there where they were as slaves in Egypt. And they came out of that because God performed tremendous miracles to bring them out of that land and to bring them uh, into the wilderness. And then they spent 40 years and then they came into the promised land. But that first Passover, God took all of the firstborn and killed them except for the Israelites that had that blood on, on, the, uh, on their doorposts. And they were protected. In 1 Corinthians, to explain the, the title that I have, 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, Paul has an interesting understanding of our current Passover. And we will go through all of that. But we need to understand that there has been a change because of Jesus Christ. We don't keep the cedar meal as the Jews continue to do because Jesus has instituted different things for us to keep, to remember him, to remember his sacrifice. So in 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, just a couple of verses. Um, he is going through this as because there was a, a great sin that was going on in the Corinthian church in, in chapter 5. And so he's, uh, he's chiding them, but he's also uh, wanting to encourage them. I, I, it seems like uh, this, is, this is both a um, very difficult for him to have to come out and tell them that they're sinning. And then he turns around and tells them that their they're glorying, verse 6, is not good. Knowing you not that the little leaven levels the whole lump. And we'll be coming into that day's uh, beginning on the Sabbath as we begin the days of unleavened bread. Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So you see here in these, in that day, when God instituted that Passover, they went out and they chose a lamb or a goat. They had to, to choose it. It had to be perfect. It had to be without blemish. It had to be a male. It had to be of the lambs or the goats. Our Passover has been chosen for us by God and sacrificed for us by God. And through great prayer, we're going to see that here in a little bit, through great prayer and great agony, by Jesus Christ and his willingness for all of mankind. And of course he goes on to say, Therefore let us keep the feast not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleaven of sincerity and truth. And we will go through that. That will be explained a lot more deeply during those days. So let's look at Luke, the ninth chapter. As Jesus 
comes out and explains. He already knew that he was going to be cut off in his youth. Thirty-three and a half years old. I mean, those of us who, who had been 33 and a half years had energy and, 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 and abilities and different things, and yet he knew that his life was going to end and that he was going to be sacrificed, saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things. Verse 22, chapter 9 of Luke. Must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. One time Peter didn't want him to, do, to say those words. and He chided Peter and he said, Satan, get away because this is my... This is what I have to do. And he said unto them, If any man will come to me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed. When he shall come in his own glory, in his fathers, and in the holy angels, and, and of the holy angels. But I tell you of the truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. And of course, that's the transfiguration that he did a little later. And it was beautiful for them. In John, the first chapter, we understand that Jesus is the Lamb. John, the first chapter. I get over there. The beginning of verse 23. This is John talking. He says, I am the... I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptize you then, if you're uh, not that Christ, nor Elijah, neither that prophet? John answered and said, I baptize but with water. But there stands one among you whom you know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Beth, um, uh, Abra, Beth Abra, beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day John, seeing Jesus coming to him, says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is the Lamb chosen to take away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bore record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven, like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not. 
But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said, Upon whom you shall see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I saw and bore record that this is the Son of God. And again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he says, Behold the Lamb of God. And so, even before he had to face his cru this crucifixion, he was called the Lamb of God. As we see in the book of Revelation, also confirming this, that he was called the Lamb of God. In chapter 13, chapter 13 and verse, just one verse, verse 8. And all that dwell, and this is, this is uh, those that are worshiping the beast power and the, and the false prophet. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. They already knew from the foundation of the world that there was need for a sacrifice, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And of course we see this also in the fifth chapter as he, is, as he comes before God the Father and takes those um, things. And we see this in verse beginning in, in, in verse 6. And I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth in, uh, into the, all the earth. And so the lamb, Jesus Christ, is the lamb of God. It seems so simple, doesn't it? That night in which we get together and we have just three emblems that we share. We share the foot washing. We share the bread. And we share the wine. And we share the scriptures as they're read. It seems so simple. And yet, it is such a powerful, powerful thing if you really understand what Jesus Christ is doing in each individual's life. In John, the sixth chapter, Jesus amplifies this and helps us to understand what this is all about and why it is so important that we partake of the Passover, the Lord's Passover, that night. Beginning in verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hungry, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. But I say unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and him that comes to me I will no, in no wise cast out. Believe the words of God's Lamb. He will not cast you out if you continue to believe Him in the words that He has written, has been written about Him. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, which has sent me, that <clears throat> all which He has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again in the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which sees the Son and believes on him 
may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up in the last day. Everlasting life. That's how important this one night is, brethren. As Jesus explains it, the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up in the last day. As all of us who have come to understand and who go and, and keep the Passover, who were baptized, understand that, that there is a drawing to Jesus and to, from the Father. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that has heard and has learned of the Father comes to me. Not that any man has seen the Father, save he which is of God. He has seen the Father. Very, very, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me has everlasting life. What we're talking about is life eternal in the words of Jesus. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is that bread. This, this is the bread which comes down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of this world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Man, that must have been so confusing to those people, not having any understanding, and especially that they hated him so much that they wanted to, to kill him. Whoso eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. For if my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed, he that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. You see how important it is, and we shall see here in a minute what that means. As the living Father has sent me, and I live in the Father, so he that eats me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats this bread shall live forever. These things he said, uh, said he in the synagogue, as he taught in Capernaum. Uh, many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard say. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said to them, Does this offend you? What? And if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before, it is... Uh, it is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. But there is some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. Can you imagine living those three and a half years among those men and knowing that one of those and knowing that particular person was going to betray you? And yet, 
he continually taught and probably showed love to each and every one of those men as they were his disciples. And you remember at one time he had to pray for Peter because Satan wanted Peter so bad. And he loved Peter and John. And in fact, he loved all of his disciples. And he loves all of us. Therefore I said to you that no man can come to me except that it was given of him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus to the twelve, Will you go also away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it is that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Understanding how we keep the Passover today versus how they kept it, at the, you know, how the Jews continue to keep it, but also how um, they kept that first Passover versus what we do today. I go to... to one that we read, and we'll go ahead and read it again on that night. But I want you to understand some things out of 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. How important it is that this is a remembrance, a memorial service. This is a solemn memorial service in which all of us reflect on our own lives and our own relationship with God, our own relationship to Jesus Christ. Do we believe, really, this is so important, do we believe that Christ holds out the hope of eternal life for each and every one of us? Do we believe, as John Shaver said, it's a matter of faith, of solid, strong faith to believe that Jesus holds out eternal life for all that he calls. And he's not going to forsake us if we don't forsake him. And so on that night, when we rehearse these things, we, we are reminded again of the importance of this very night, the Passover evening. When you come together, therefore, in at one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. So that's the reason why we eat at home, we come for a service. And it's a memorial service. He's... he's he was very upset with the Corinthians because of what they were doing. And, and they were getting, they were drinking and they were doing all kinds of things that were, was not right. And he said, when you come together therefore in one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating everyone takes before other his own supper. And one is hungry and another is drunken. What, have you not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise you the church of God? That's the reason why we have it the way we have it. Or you can have it in your house, but it's a, even in the home it's supposed to be a solemn assembly, not a, a, a place of drinking and all of that. There's very specific things. And uh, shame me them that have not. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this I praise you not. For I received of the Lord that which I have delivered to you, 
that the Lord Jesus in the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me that's the important part we are remembering the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and after this manner he also took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the new testament or covenant in my blood this do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me the Passover comes around once a year we don't do it on a uh, a regular basis every Sabbath week we do it on the 14th at the beginning of the 14th every year and we remember it is a very solemn occasion we remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ he says for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you do show the Lord's death till he comes um, what what he, when you go to a memorial service it's a very solemn occasion even if it's just a memorial service where a picture and things are, are sitting there, isn't it? It's, it's a time of reflection of that person's life. And it's also a time to realize that there are those who are grieving for the one that's passed. Now we know that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. But we also understand that without his sacrifice, without his uh, willingness to give his life when he did that we would not have the hope of eternal life like we do so he says for as often as you eat this bread drink this cup you do show the Lord's death till he come wherefore whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord uh, irreverently it says unworthily in the King James but in a wrong spirit in the wrong attitude shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord let a man examine himself. So let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. So we, it's interesting, we can examine ourselves in that service, can't we? Because there's plenty of time to read and think and meditate about our own life and about our relationship to Jesus Christ. And so we have time also to reflect on who and what we are at that time. And so we can examine ourselves. But then he says, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. I think that word unworthily is sometimes has gotten people, oh, I'm, not, I'm never worthy. Well, of course you're not. You're not worthy of the death of Jesus Christ. But Christ sacrificed his life for each and every one of us that we might have the opportunity to be in the kingdom, to, to be servants in that kingdom and so it says we need to have that right kind of attitude and the right kind of spirit that wants to be there that wants to be a part of what Jesus is doing that wants to understand this he says for he that eats and drinks un, uh, unworthily eats and drinks uh, in really, uh, damnation is actually judgment to himself not discerning the Lord's body for this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. It's interesting that Paul tied this Passover service also to health. And, and I never had thought about that before. But for those who are 
baptized and have God's Holy Spirit, I think it's extremely important, extremely important <clears throat> that we take of the Passover service, no matter where we're at, whether we have to take it at home or we come together here, which we will be here at 8 o'clock Thursday evening, and we will begin that service. He says that uh, for if we would judge themselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that you come not together to condemnation. And the rest I will set in order when I come. So, we understand these principles. And, I, I, and probably I'm preaching to the, uh, to the choir here, but maybe a good review of those things. And so, the last part of this is the seamless gospel. Without really coming to understand the sacrifice that Jesus made, how he prayed deeply that that cup would pass by him, that he needed the strength even from an angel to come down, that he was able, through all that he went through, to, to make it through that sacrifice. It's horrible, but I am going to read it out of the Seamus Gospels again this year, as, as has been my um, tradition for a while. Because I think getting our minds to understand the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, for you and me. And not only for you and me, but for the whole world. Because that's what it's all about. For generation after generation since Jesus sacrificed his life, many have come to Christ. Many have repented. Many have taken the Passover down through the ages. The trial before dawn, Gethsemane, Jesus prays in agony. When Jesus had spoken these words, he came out and went forth to the book Kedron, where was a garden. And he was accustomed to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And they came to a place which is named Gethsemane, into which he entered and his disciples. And when he was in that place, he said to them, Pray that you enter not into temptation. And he said unto his disciples, Sit here while I go and pray uh, you yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry here, and watch with me. And he went forward about a stone's cast, and kneeled down, and fell on his face, and prayed, If it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto you. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He came unto the disciples and found them asleep and said unto Peter and Simon, Do you sleep? What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. 
and his sweat was as it was great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them asleep again, sleeping for sorrow, for their eyes were heavy. And he said unto them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. And neither knew they what to answer him. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. He came to his disciples a third time and said, Sleep on now, take your rest. It's enough, the hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrays me is at hand. Judas betrays Jesus. Immediately, while he yet spoke, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. And soon then, as he had said to them, I am he. And they went backward and fell to the ground. And they asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus says, I have told you that I am he. If therefore he, you seek me, let, their, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled which he spoke. Of them which you gave me, I lost none. And while he yet spoke, he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them, drew near unto Jesus, and, and kissed him. Now, he that betrayed him had given them a sign, saying, Whosoever I shall kiss, that same as he, take him, lead him away under, under God. But Jesus said unto, unto him, Judas, do you betray me, the Son of Man, with a kiss? And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, for what purpose are you come? And then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. When they, which had, uh, when they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we strike with a sword? And Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's servant, cut off his right ear, and the servant's name was Malchus. When Jesus said unto Peter, Resist no more, and he touched his ear and healed him. A miracle in front of all these people. A powerful miracle. He touched him and healed his ear. And they still took Jesus. Can you imagine what's going on? It's, it's, sometimes I read this, I cannot hardly understand the mindset of these people. They hated him so much. <clears throat> Put your swords into the sheath, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Do you think that I cannot... Now appeal to my father, and he shall at once give me more than twelve legions of angels. But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled, that thus it must be? The cup which my father has given me, shall I not drink it? Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and the captains of the temple, 
the elders which would come to him, are you come out as against a thief with swords and staves to take me? When I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. But all this was done, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. And there followed him a certain young man, having a linen cloth cast about his naked body. And the young man laid hold on him, and he left his linen cloth and fled from them naked. Jesus is seized and taken. Then the band of the captain and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to, to uh, Annas first. For he was the father-in-law to uh, Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Now Caiaphas was he which gave advice to the Jews that was to expedient that one man should die for the people. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas to the high priest and brought him into the high priest's house where the chief priests and scribes and the elders were assembled. Simon Peter followed Jesus afar off into the high priest's palace and so did another disciple. That disciple was known to the high priest and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside, then went out that the other, um, then went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spoke unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall, and were seated together, Peter sat down among the servants, and warmed himself at the fire to see the end. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine, and Jesus answered, I spoke openly uh, to the world I ever taught in the synagogues and the temple where the Jews always meet, and in the secret have I n said nothing. Why do you ask me? Ask them which heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Do you answer the high priest so? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, Bear witness of the evil, but if well, why do you strike me? Now Annas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas the high priest. Counsel the false witnesses. Now the chief priests and the elders and all the council sought for a witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none, for many bore false witness against him. But their witness had not agreed together. At the last came two false witnesses and said, This fellow says, I am able to destroy the temple of God and build it in three days, and saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But neither so did their uh, witness agree together. And the high priest stood in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Do you answer nothing? What is it which these witnesses against you? But Jesus held his peace and answered nothing. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I charge you by the living God that you tell us whether you be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said unto him, You have said, Nevertheless, I say to you, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, coming in the clouds of heaven. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the blessed? And Jesus said, I am. Then the high priest tore his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need we, uh, have we of witnesses? Behold now, you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. And they all condemned him to guilty 
um, con condemned him to be guilty of death. And the men that held Jesus mocked him and struck him. And some began to spit in his face. And the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. And when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy unto us, you Christ. What, who is it that struck you? And many others, blasphemously spoke they against him. Now Peter sat outside the palace, and the servants and officers stood there who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. There came one of the servant girls of the high priest that kept the door. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she close, closely looked upon him and said, Are you not also one of the man's disciples? You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied him before them all, saying, I know not neither. I, I understand what you say. And he went out to the porch, and the cock crowed as he denied Jesus. And when he had gone into the porch, after a little, after, a little while after, another girl saw him. And he said unto them, unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. They said therefore unto him, Are you not also one of his disciples? And he again denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And about the space of one hour later, one of the servants of the high priest, being his relative, whose ear Peter had cut off, said, did not I see you in the garden with him? Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean, for your speech betrays you. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, Man, I know not what you say. I know not this man of whom you speak. And immediately, while he yet spoke, the cock crowed the second time. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter called to mind the word of Jesus and said, Before the cock crows, thrice you shall deny me three times and when he thought thereon Peter went out and he wept bitterly why you know that must have been something to realize what he had just done when the morning was come all the chief priests and elders of the people and the scribes plotted against Jesus to put him to death led him into the council saying are you the Christ tell us and he said unto them if I tell you, you will not believe. And if I also ask you, you will not answer, nor let me go. Hereafter shall the Son of Man sit on the right hand of the power of God. Then said they all, Are you the Son of God? And he said unto them, You say that I am. They said, What need we of any further witness? For we ourselves have heard of his own mouth. The multitude, the whole multitude that arose, and when they had bound Jesus, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Jesus, Judas hangs himself. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself, brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You, you, see, uh, you see to that? And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. The chief priest took the piece, several pieces, pieces and said, it is not lawful to put them into the treasury because it is the price of blood. They conferred and bought with them the potter's field to bury foreigners in. Therefore that field is called the field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet. And they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, 
whom they of the children of Israel did value, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord appointed me. The Roman trial before Pilate. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas into the hall of judgment. It was early, and they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should defile, uh, be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? And they answered and said, If he were uh, not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him unto you. Then said Pilate unto them, Take him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he said, signifying what death he should die. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation, the forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that himself is the Christ, a king. And the Jews, uh, and Jesus stood before the governor and the uh, uh, governor and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You say it. And the chief priests and the elders accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Pilate asked him again, saying, Do you answer nothing? Behold, how many things they witness against you. But Jesus answered him never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Do you say this thing of yourself, or did others tell you, of it, uh, tell you it of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you unto me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from here. Pilate therefore said unto him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. To this end was I born. For this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is the truth hears my voice. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said to the chief priests and the people, I find no fault in this man at all. And they were of more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard Galilee, he asked whether the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself was also at Jerusalem at that time. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long time, because he had heard many things of him, and he would hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Then he questioned with him in many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and the scribes stood and strongly accused him. Herod, with his men of war, rejected him, mocked him, arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him again to Pilate. The same day, Pilate and Herod were made friends together, for before they had, were at hostility between themselves. And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people unto them, You have brought this man unto me as one that perverts the people. And behold, I, having examined him before you, have found no fault in this man concerning those things whereof you accuse him. Nor, no, nor Herod, 
for I sent you to him. And lo, nothing deserving of death is done by him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. Now at that feast, the governor was accustomed to release unto the people one prisoner, whosoever they desired. And there was that then a notorious prisoner named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that made insurrection with them, who had committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude, crying aloud, began to desire him to do as he had ever done to them. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate answered them, saying, Whom will you that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For you have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will you therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for envy. When he, had, when he was seated on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have nothing to do with this just man, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that he should rather release Barabbas unto them and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, Which of the two of you will you uh, that I release unto you? And they said, Barabbas. And they all cried out at once, saying, Away with this man, release unto us Barabbas, who for a certain insurrection made in the city and for murder was cast into prison. Then they all cried out, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. And Pilate answered and said unto, uh, again unto them, What will you then that I shall do with Jesus, which is called Christ, whom you call the king of the Jews? And they all said unto him, let him be crucified. And they cried out, Crucify him. And then Pilate said unto them, Why? What evil has he done? And they cried out more, saying, Let him be crucified. Pilate, therefore willing to release Jesus, spoke again. But they cried, saying, Crucify him. Crucify him. Then Pilate, the governor, said unto them the third time, Why? What evil has he done? I have found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. And they were insistent with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them, of the chief priests, prevailed. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather tumult was made, he took water, washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just man. You see to it, then answered all the people, His blood be on us and on our children. Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. He released unto them uh, that, uh, that for insurrection and murder was cast into prison, whom they had desired, but he delivered Jesus to their will. And so Pilate, willing to satisfy the people, released Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered Jesus to be crucified. By the way, for all of those who uh, here probably know already, crucifi uh, 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 scourging was not some small whip. It literally tore flesh off of the body. It was a horrible thing to be scourged by those people. They had a way of torturing a person up to, but not including death. Then the soldiers of the governor led Jesus away into the common hall called Praetorium. 
gathered him into the whole band of soldiers. They stripped him. They clothed him with purple robe. And when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and, and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed their knee before him, mocked him, said, Hail, King of the Jews. They struck him with their hands. They spit upon him. And they took the reed and struck him on the, on the head. I wonder what it'll be like when those are resurrected before Jesus. Whew. I hope they repent instantly. I hope they repent instantly of their, of their evil deed. Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns, the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priest therefore and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall and said to Jesus, From where are, uh, uh, from where are you? Jesus gave him no answer. Then said Pilate to him, Do you not speak unto me? Know you not that I have power to crucify you? And have power to release you? And Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me, except it was given to you from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto you has the greater sin. And from then on Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Whosoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down on the judgment seat in the place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, uh, uh, Gabbatha. And it was, a, it was the preparation of the Passover in about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king! But they cried, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. And they delivered him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. Can you imagine that? They accepted Caesar that day over Jesus Christ. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robes from him. They put on his other clothes and led him out to crucify him. The darkest day. You know, it's a sad thing to think that this had to come so that we could have redemption and salvation. That Jesus had to die. And they came out and they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, coming out of the country, the father Alexander and Rufus. And him they compelled to bear his cross. And they led him away. On him they laid the cross and, uh, that he might bear it after Jesus. There followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus turning to them says, Daughter of Jerus Daughters of Jerusalem, Weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts which never nursed babies. Then shall they, they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills cover us. For they do these things in the green tree. What shall they do in the dry? And there were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put on the death. And they bring him bearing his cross into a place called Golgotha. In the Hebrew, that is to say a place of the skull, 
which is called Calvary, which, where they crucified him and the two criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left, and Jesus in the middle. And they gave him a drink of wine, uh, sour wine mingled with myrrh, gall, and when they had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for what they know not what they do. And that, by the way, would have been uh, to reduce the pain. Jesus would not accept that. <clears throat> and also, by the way, that crucifixion was a very cruel thing. Um, if the understanding is that it was a stake, it was like he had his hands above him and his feet below him. And maybe a small, very tiny place for him to, to kind of sit. But if you have your hands very far up above you, you lose your breathing very quickly. And so you're trying to always move up and down to just get a breath. Agony. This is one of the most horrible ways to die. It is very, very horrible way to die. And yet, that is how they uh, killed our Savior, Jesus Christ. It was the third hour, and they crucified him. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments, made four parts, and parted his garments to every soldier apart. And also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from a top throughout. And they said therefore among themselves, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be. That the scriptures might be fulfilled, which says, They parted my garments among them, and for my clothing they did cast lots. These things therefore the soldiers did. Sitting down, they watched him there, and the pilot wrote a title and put it across. The writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read uh, many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, Write not, King of the Jews, but that he said, he, I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. And then there were two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and, and the other on the left. And the scripture was fulfilled which said, and he was numbered with the transgressors. They that passed by hurled insults on him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, you that destroy the temple and build in three days, save yourself, come down from the cross, if you be the Son of God, come down from the cross. And the people stood beholding, the rulers also with them scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he be the Christ, the chosen of God, the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him, offering sour wine, and saying, If you be the king of the Jews, save yourself. Likewise also the chief priests mocking him, with scribes and elders said among themselves, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, that he may see and that we, may, we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. The thieves also, which were crucified with him, hurled insults on him. And one of the criminals, which was, were hanged, hurled insults on him, saying, If you be the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuked him. Do you not fear God, seeing you are in the same condemnation? And we indeed justify for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. He said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said unto him, 
Truly I say unto you, today you shall be with me in paradise. And he will be there in the kingdom. Now, there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of uh, Clopas, Mary Magdalene, and when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by, whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciples, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciples took her into his own home. And it was uh, John. Now, and, it, and it was the sixth hour, and, the seventh, and from the sixth hour, uh, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at that ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lamna sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, uh, when they heard it, said, Behold, he calls for Elijah. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now there was a, a set of vessels that was full of sour wine, and straightway one of them ran, took a sponge, filled it with a sour wine, and put it to, uh, on a hyssop reed, and put it into his mouth, and gave him a drink, saying, Let alone, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him. The rest said, Let him be. Let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. When Jesus therefore had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And when Jesus had cried again with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he bowed his head and gave up the spirit. And the sun was darkened, and behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two, in the middle, from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks split, and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and peered, appeared into many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly. And when the centurion which had stood opposite him saw uh, that he cried out and gave up this, the ghost, he glorified God saying, certainly this is a righteous man. Truly this man was the son of God. And all the people that came together at that sight beholding the things which were done um, struck down their breasts and returned and all uh, and all his acquaintances and the women that followed him from Galilee stood afar off beholding those things among them whom was Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the less of Joseph Sol Sol uh, Salome and the mother of Zebedee's children who also when he was in Galilee followed him and ministered unto him and many other women which came with him unto Jerusalem and the Jews, therefore, before, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath. For that Sabbath day was a high day. Besought Pilate that, they, that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and broke their legs and the first and the other which were crucified. But when they had came to Jesus and saw that he was, he was dead already, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side at once came out blood and water. And they that saw it bore witness, and his witness is true. And he knows that he says it's true, that you might believe, for those things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. 
And, a grip, and again, a scripture says, they shall look upon him whom they have pierced. And of course, Jesus was buried, and three and a half days later, he was resurrected. We'll talk about that later. But the Passover is coming Thursday evening, 8 o'clock. Hope to see you here.